If you missed them, there are many. I've got at least five takeaways from today's readings thus far. First one is the original sin in the Bible, as you may recall, is the sin of overconsumption. The second is that envy is a pervasive and destructive component of human life. The third one is that if we work for the sake of beating out the neighbor, our work is vanity and chasing after the wind. The fourth is similar, and that is that working for more than one needs is also vanity because it takes away opportunities for pleasure and rest and joy. Working for more than you can enjoy is a sleepless endeavor. And the fifth one, I need your help here. Six words, starts with you, ends with you. Anybody got it? No. Come on. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Michelle Bond, you can't take it. A grave biography is how we might summarize the wisdom in today's brilliant pairing of readings from Ecclesiastes and chapter 12 in Mark's Gospel. Martin Luther called Ecclesiastes the politics or economics of wisdom. He wrote that it was a book that should be read by young rulers who have their heads swollen and opinions swollen with opinions and want to rule the world according to their own plans. When pondering the gravity of today's readings, we might remember that old saying about what we do in order to make God laugh. Gregory of Nyssa, when preaching on the message of Ecclesiastes, said this, Spiritual instability often manifests itself as greed. Greed, Gregory wrote, is a disease. The point of heeding the warning implicit in today's grave biblical biographies in Ecclesiastes as well as in Luke are so that we might avoid, when push comes to shove, a poignant moment of failure that both these theologians might describe as something called holy grief. While our merchants don't want us to realize this, and would rather our appetites for consumption be endless, today's readings are intended to remind us that our perpetual desire for more does not 
derive from enjoying what we already have. Gregory proposed the paradox that when we are not satisfied with what we have, it's because we're not giving enough away. The song of the fear of God is how many biblical interpreters over many centuries have described the message of Ecclesiastes. It's a book that Luke must have known when he wrote his gospel. It's a book that we should all read, and it's a book that plays somewhat relentlessly on the theme of knowledge as folly before God. When he writes that there is nothing new under the sun, he's poking fun at the Greek symbol of enlightenment. Ecclesiastes is Koholith in Hebrew, and Koholith is the title given a teacher or a convener of a kaval or an assembly. Assembly in Greek is ecclesia, a word which eventually came to mean church. Welcome everyone to class. In the whole of his book, Koholith confesses that while he has attained wisdom and has faith, we might add, attaining them have only caused him vexation. Living in this world as a person of faith can bring joy, but it can also bring pain. From Martin Luther's reading of Ecclesiastes, anyone who is very wise has many reasons, many reasons to become angry as one who daily sees the many things that are wrong in this world. The great environmentalist Aldo Leopold wrote that one of the penalties of an ecological education is that one lives alone in a world of wounds. The holy grief that Ecclesiastes describes is the honest grief of the faithful person. And when suffering comes to people weak in faith, Koholith might say, they may take it as a sign that there is no God. But that out is not available to those like you and I who hopefully know that we are indissolubly connected with God, bound to God. As we sang only moments ago, all my hope on God is founded he doth still my trust renew, me through change and chance he guideth only good and only true. God alone, God unknown, he alone 
calls our hearts to be his own. Despite the cognitive dissonance that confronts every believer, later in the book, Koholith will confess, my heart found pleasure in all my toil. Our good efforts are a source of pleasure, even if they are fleeting. Koholith assigns no confidence in the outcome of our efforts, but greater importance to the fact that we work for God. Work that he describes as one of the few and regularly rewarding sources of satisfaction for us. Planting a garden, cleaning a house, which will only get dirty again. Because often the materiality we depend on for our happiness becomes for us sources of disappointment and grief. So Koholith points us towards the possibilities for simply enjoying the present, the now. What we witness when reading Ecclesiastes is a radical and intellectual and a spiritual purgation. It's a clearing channel for joy. Thanks to the birds, both with an I and a Y, we know the message of Ecclesiastes well. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. And a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die. A time to plant, a time to reap, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to laugh, a time to weep. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. And a time to every purpose under heaven. For the author of Ecclesiastes, these pairings are not choices. They're moments that are thrust upon us and go away. We cannot choose our times, but we can resist the times or we can accept the times. We have a choice in how we live in, into, and with the times we've been given. We can resist the rhythms of life or we can dance with them. Our ability to accept the vanity of life and still enjoy it depends on how we dance. But one thing's for sure, there is no time to be foolish no time to be deceitful. No time to bury our heads in any sand. 
Always remember, Jimmy, my mom used to say, life is not fair. It's the best advice I ever got. Faith in God allows us to bypass the intellectual impasse that confronts us in the hypocrisy of life in God's world. And our teachers this morning, Ecclesiastes and Luke, are reminding us not to be perplexed. They are reminding us that acceptance and, judge and enjoyment, when possible, are intellectually freeing frames of mind which supersede any instruction to foresee our future, that there is a graceful gift in not knowing what is happening under the sun. I had a procedure at Georgetown Hospital on Saturday. Sometime on Friday afternoon, my phone rang. You know when your phone rings and it doesn't have a name, it's just a number, and you're like, mm. I debated for a second, and lately I've gotten the habit of just answering. So I answered the phone, and it was a person from Blue Cross Blue Shield, and they said, Mr. Quigley, you're having a procedure tomorrow at... Uh, Georgetown Hospital, just calling to let you know you are 100% covered. I said, you have no idea. She said, what do you mean? I said, never mind. I'm just glad that I'm 100% covered. In our, in our customary time of silence in response to, to the gospel, the message to our teachers today, we might think about what, what brings us joy. We might pair that against all that we're trying to maintain, all that's useless, all that's vanity under the sun. We might think about what we need and what we don't need. Um, most importantly, we may reflect for a moment or two about the fact that you and I, as we trust in our faith, are, we'll say it one more time, 100%. Amen.